We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everyone? Happy Saturday morning, and uh, welcome to the NFL playoffs this week. We've got uh, two games to get us kick-started here on a Saturday, and happy to have you joining us for this uh, little Lineup HQ breakdown video here as we get ready for these uh, two Saturday games. So, uh, Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84, got Tim Buell alongside, uh, and uh, we did a little video last week as well to, to kick off Week 18 uh, but now things really get rolling here with the playoffs. And Tim, how you doing? Good, good. Yeah, this is gonna be a it's gonna be a little fun little Saturday. And uh, it's, you know these these games these games should be good. I'm kind of looking forward to the to the later game more than the early one. But I think everybody feels that way. Uh, I think uh, I think this first game might be a little bit of a little bit of a blowout. But we'll see. Hopefully Seattle can hang in there and make for some uh, some good uh, some good viewing. Yeah, I mean, you got a few potential blowout games here in the wild card round. Uh, unfortunately, you know, due to injury, uh, you're going to have Miami tomorrow rolling out a backup quarterback. Uh, you're going to have Baltimore rolling out a backup quarterback. Uh, and Seattle, of course, has been struggling a bit here. So they're big underdogs today against a, a red hot San Francisco team. So uh, a little bit unfortunate on the injury front, particularly with me being a Baltimore fan. Don't think they have much of a chance. Uh, with Lamar out, but uh, we'll get to that game tomorrow. Uh, as you mentioned, we've got the two games today, San Francisco favored by 10-ish over Seattle with a 42 total in that game, and then the Chargers as uh, small road favorites in Jacksonville. And shout out to the NFL for scheduling that one as the night game. I figured given the, the size of the Jacksonville market and all that, when the schedule came out, I, I was almost guaranteeing that that would be an early start, uh, you know, who cares about the West Coast LA fans? Let's make them get up at, at 10 a.m. to watch the game uh, at noon on you know on Sunday. So, uh, shout out to the NFL for giving the Jags a night game tonight. We'll see how that one goes, uh, and we'll see if Seattle can hang with San Francisco as well. And uh, we'll kind of start our build here on DraftKings. We can talk about some differences on FanDuel. Uh, there's not a whole lot in terms of differences between the sites here, but 
Uh, we'll focus on DraftKings here to start. And uh, how are you breaking down the quarterbacks today? Looks like, you know, we got about 70% plus of the projected ownership going uh, to those two quarterbacks in the in the night game tonight. Yeah, so clearly Herbert and Lawrence are like the, the, the big dogs in terms of QB. Um, my preference would be to get to Herbert, definitely, if you can, if you can afford him. He is, he is the most expensive. What I have noticed, just from a macro perspective, in terms of pricing, pricing seems a little bit soft, just as a whole. Uh, they've, I think that they have kind of catered this weekend to the more casual player, which is, I guess, good and bad in certain ways. Um, like the fact that Herbert is only, you know, $1,100 more than Brock Purdy seems a little bit ridiculous to me. Um, so Herbert is going to be the highest owned though. Um, but Herbert, uh, is going to be my priority. I think I'm going to eat the chop there. Um, you know, Geno Smith, I think is interesting. And I think he would make sense for like a large field GPP play because I think a lot of people are going to be scared of that weather. But I read Ross' uh, recent update, and it's not going to be as bad. Like, all the heavy winds are going to be, for the most part, gone. It's only going to be, like, 10 to 15 miles an hour, not 20 to 30 like it is going to be this morning. So, you know, I, I think that given the fact that San Francisco should dominate this game, I think Gino's going to be in a lot of uh, pass-heavy scripts. Yeah, I don't mind using him in some tournament builds at, you know, sub 10% ownership. And, and in, in general, I mean, I'm guilty of this as well, kind of being a golf guy. I, we tend to overreact a little bit to weather and, you know, it's it's a two-game slate. It's not like we can just exclude a game because there's, you know, 13 games available and, and move on to something else. So, uh, yeah, I would caution against overreacting to the weather now, obviously, if if the reason you don't want to play the Seattle passing game is because you don't think they're going to score any points against that San Francisco defense, obviously that's a, a valid reason. But if you're just doing it because of weather, you know, just be cautious not to, to overreact there. So I, clearly I, the think, guys I think, I think if there's one quarterback you should exclude, it would be Brock Purdy because I think that San Francisco is going to go very, very run heavy. Yeah. Um, and he's only a hundred dollars cheaper than Gino and $200 cheaper than Trevor Lawrence. So yeah. he's got a, and you know, he's 17% owned versus Gino's eight. Like I'd almost like to flip those. I'd almost like to get like 20% Gino and 10% Brock. You know what I mean? If I was building a lot of teams today, I would rather, I'd rather just kind of flip those ownerships in my personal portfolio. Yeah. Purdy's been a great story, obviously maybe playing a little bit over his head and, and having the supporting cast that he does of course helps with McCaffrey mm -hmm. and, you know, one of the best tight ends in the league and a, a really good defense, but uh, I kind of agree with with your approach on that. So, all right, let's go ahead and move to uh, to running back. And I'm actually going to refresh this so that I can get this. I made the uh, table a little bit bigger here. So uh, let's talk running backs. Obviously, these teams have uh, pretty much all four of them have a, a kind of one guy that produces most of the numbers with McCaffrey, Walker, Eckler, and, and Etienne. So uh, those are the four running backs that are obviously going to be the most heavily targeted today. You mentioned the pricing is a little bit soft. Uh, so, you know, maybe you don't necessarily need to go deep into the well, but let's just kind of talk about the four main guys here. Uh, do you have a, a preference amongst who you want to prioritize out of that group? Yeah, Austin Eckler is my number one. 
I'm sure that there are projection systems out there that would say that McCaffrey's the number one priority, but I, I'm I want Eckler. Um, I just like this whole kind of this whole game. Um, I know that McCaffrey catches passes also, but I mean Eckler is probably going to get a couple more par- targets now with Mike Williams out. So I mean I think that's just going to solidify his cast catch passing role even more. So I, I would power rank them Eckler one, McCaffrey two, ETN three, and Walker four. Um, if Walker's really going to be 40% owned, then I really have no interest in him at all. He gets a really, really brutal matchup today in a script that should be working against him. Um, that's a lot of ownership to eat on a guy that I don't think is going to be optimal that often. So I would come. I would definitely come in under the field on Kenneth Walker. I feel pretty strongly about that. Um, you don't have to obviously full fade him if you're building a lot of teams, but uh, I would definitely come in under 40%. Yeah, I mean, the general consensus here is that if Seattle's playing from behind, obviously there'll be uh, more passing opportunities for Geno Smith. This kind of goes hand in hand with that. Uh, and you can see Walker you know, he's had a couple games where he's caught some passes, but otherwise one target, one target, two targets, you know, it's not like he's this huge passing down guy. Um, And, you know, they'll, they'll mix in some other guys too. And I don't necessarily think you need to go cheap. As I kind of mentioned, it looks like Elijah Mitchell and Joshua Kelly are really the other guys uh, that are getting just a little bit of love here on this slate, but uh, I don't think you need to go there. Any interest in Kelly or, or Mitchell or, or somebody else hasty for you? Uh, it's tough with Mitchell. It's tough because I think he was only being utilized um, because it was kind of like the end of the season to kind of like save McCaffrey. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong though. I mean, I could be that just me speculating that um, I think that's kind of fool's goal to expect, you know, Eli Mitchell to like go in there and snipe two touchdowns today. Um, and especially at 23% owned, I, I don't have interest in that. I, I think that that's not, a, I don't think that's a good play. Um, I'm a little bit more interested maybe with Jamichael hasty. Um, maybe in a, like a 150 setting to go like DJ Dallas. Um, because like you said, Kenneth Walker doesn't catch passes. And they're going to have to check down to somebody and it could very well be him. So, you know, I, at minuscule ownership, you know, 2%, I think he's, I think he's a pretty interesting play. Um, but Eli Mitchell is the one that I'm kind of struggling with. I, I don't think he's going to get that much usage at all today. Yeah, I kind of agree with that approach. You know, the 49ers are pretty tight lipped um, and, and, you know, it is speculative because we really don't know what they're going to do, but it did make sense for them down the stretch. Yeah, they still had an outside chance at the number one seed, but, you know, Philly really needed to collapse in order for that to happen. Uh, and, and it just didn't make sense on the outside chance of them potentially getting up to that spot, you know, to, to be pushing McCaffrey for 30 plus touches. And, and this is obviously the time of, of the year where they need him. So, um, pretty much in agreement there. And then just like last week, you know, it's going to come down to receivers um, and, and we can kind of split this up in the, in the context of the games here. And obviously the later game is going to be the one that gets more love. I was going to be completely off of Mike Williams. So I, I'm disappointed that the news of him being out came out so early uh, because I really like Joshua Palmer as a GPP play. And now obviously his ownership has come up as well. 
Keenan Allen is going to get a ton of targets for the Chargers. You've got the Jaguars guys. These guys, these teams met in the regular season, and uh, and Jacksonville actually had a good day through the air. Kirk caught a touchdown. Zay Jones had a bunch of targets. I believe caught a touchdown as well. And you know, and they're both mildly affordable here too. So I mean, you have to get some target. You have to get some of the passing game weapons in this later game. Uh, what are you looking at here? Yeah, Keenan Allen's the easy choice. Uh, he should be essentially like your, your first player in if you play cash games. Um, 61% ownership in GPPs, I think it's warranted. Um, I would probably come in at least level with the field if I was building 150. Um, may, maybe, if anything, I'd be over that. Um, it, you know, he, he's going to get so many targets today in, su- in such a good matchup. Uh, I don't and, and, and they're like easy targets too. Like he's there. It's not like he's like a downfield threat. He's like an easy target hound. So uh, for PPR formats like DK, he's just, I think, a, an amazing play. Um, obviously, Joshua Palmer, DeAndre Carter are all really, really good plays. I really like to do like an onslaught stack at this game. So I wouldn't mind doing like a Herbert triple stack, something like that. And it's doable too. Like I was building teams before the show just to make sure that you could actually do something like that. You you can. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I have nothing bad to say about Keenan Allen. I think he's an absolute lock. Um, and then runbacks like these these uh, Jacksonville wide receivers are extremely affordable. And the only issue is that this game is just going to be the the heaviest owned game by a ton. So you're going to have to look to get like some leverage either in the first game or within this game. Uh, so you're just going to have to find, you know, low owned people like, like Deandre Carter is a, is a really low owned piece. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the only tricky part with this game. Yeah, for sure. Not a lot of low owned options, but uh, all guys that fit well in builds. And uh, I will tend to be overweight a little bit on the Jacksonville passing game. You know, the circumstances haven't worked out great for them the last few weeks. They had one blowout. uh, Then they had, you know, just had one game where they didn't play super well, obviously last week against the Titans, but uh, in a matchup where they've already fared well once this year should be a raucous home crowd there. I do like the, the Jaguars passing game today. Um, and then the other game, obviously not going to have as much ownership uh, on the whole, but you are you, you still do have concentrated targets with these teams. So uh, the guys that do get those targets are going to be somewhat owned in Metcalf and Lockett, you know, particularly in those Geno Smith GPP stacks and then Ayuk and Samuel for the 49ers, uh, though none really grayed out super well. You can see in terms of our projections, lots of red on there. Uh, how are you approaching these guys? Yeah. What can you say about Metcalf and Lockett? They're obviously great players uh, in a good script uh, environment. I I think that I would tend to go under the field on them. I, I don't like this spot, really, just for Seattle in general. I know that they are going to put up some points. They have a, you know, a 16 and a half, you know, team total. But uh, I just, I don't know. Like, Lockett seems too cheap, but I'd rather play Kirk. I'd rather play... You know, Zay Jones, I'd, you know, there's other guys that I'd prefer to play. And it's not like Lockett's going to be low owned, and neither is Metcalf. So I, I'm going to take a bearish stance 
on the Seahawks uh, wide receiver core, but they're obviously, you know, they're good plays. So it's, it's tough, but you have to, you have to take stands. It's only two games slate. You can't just play everybody. And I'm going to be under the underweight on these two guys. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and again, in some GPP builds, I'll, I'll throw Lockett and Metcalf in there uh, with Geno Smith. But uh, otherwise, I am focusing my exposure on the night game tonight. Uh, with the exception of maybe Kittle, I mean, obviously Kittle, as we pivot to tight end, has been a favorite target of Brock Purdy uh, since Purdy took over at quarterback. Uh, he's gotten, you know, six, seven, eight targets in a lot of games. And he is just obviously the touchdowns are, are a little bit of variance there. But uh, Purdy clearly likes throwing to him in the red zone. So at a weak position, you know, uh, he is going to be the highest owned tight end, but the tight end position has been so bad this year that, uh, you know, I, I don't mind playing Kittle and, and hoping for that couple touchdown game. Uh, Ingram, for what it's worth in our projections, does project a little bit better and he's cheaper. Uh, you know, got you got Everett, you got Fant. Maybe you could just go for a complete punt at the position if you want, but how are you handling tight end? Yeah, Evan, Evan Ingram's projected for more points than half the ownership. So I would definitely try to recommend people play Evan Ingram over George Kittle. Uh, George Kittle is absolutely fine, obviously, but at 40% owned at 6K, um, it's it's tough. So I think that Evan Ingram and Jail Everett are good enough pivots away from Kittle. Um, I know that, yes, the position is weak. But I, I think that I'm going to get away from the from the chalk on this one and either play Ingram or Everett. Uh, Donald Parham is okay as like a pure like super punt. But other than that, I would just keep my um, tight end pool, Ingram, Everett, and then be underweight on George Kittle. All right. Uh, and then defense. I mean, obviously lots of variants here. You can play whoever you want. The 49ers are going to be the highest owned and uh, interesting that, you know, we kind of expect them to win, but significant high ownership on the defense. Are you still maybe looking to play them here or looking to go elsewhere? So, yeah, I mean, defense, it's like who really knows. Uh, I would like to play the 49ers defense today if I can, but I'm not going to like make, huge sacrifices to my teams if I can't do it. Um, but I would like to, I would like to prioritize them. I think they're in the clear best spot. Um, maybe if the wind and the rain does have an effect, maybe Gino throws a couple INTs, you know, I think that they could, this could end up being a very, very like high turnover game for Seattle, which is obviously what we want for our defense. So they're, they're clearly, they're clearly the best defense today. Um, I would like to get them get to them, but obviously defense is a huge variant spot. So I, you don't have to if you don't want to. Um, the next, probably the next defense I would play would be the Chargers, um, just because they're coming in lower owned than the Jags. So I think I would try if you can't get to the 49ers and play the Chargers. All right, let's go ahead and pivot over to FanDuel here and talk about that build quick. And again, I don't think there's a ton of major differences on the FanDuel slate compared to the DraftKings slate. Um, you can see Herbert, the highest projected own quarterback. Uh, the top four running backs are the same. We've got Mitchell at a little bit higher projected ownership on FanDuel, which I think is a little bit odd. Again, I'm going to refresh this and get myself a bigger table. 
it's the same thing kind of on FanDuel. Like I would I would personally rather play Geno uh, over over Brock Purdy. Uh, Geno's two hundred dollars less. I, I don't I don't really want to pay two hundred dollars more for Brock Purdy. Um, and then the discrepancy between Herbert and Lawrence is only a hundred dollars on FanDuel, and I think that Herbert is is clearly the better play. Um, so. I, I think there's a little bit of difference in terms of like the gaps and prices, but the kind of the philosophy of the slate stays the same. Yeah. Not a whole lot in terms of pricing differences, you know um, it's maybe not quite as soft as DraftKings, but you've still got the options, you know, Zay Jones at 6,300 Palmer at 6,500 where you can go cheap at wide receiver uh, you can get affordable options at tight end as well. Obviously, there's not a lot to uh, to spend on there. But, you know, if I just go through, we didn't really put a sample build in there. But let's say I want to play Herbert um, and I get a couple of these cheap receivers like Palmer and Zay Jones. And I get I'm just throwing stuff in here you know i've still got 7250 on average for my last few spots yeah maybe you need to take one punt uh, but you can see you know i can still get one of the high-end running backs like eckler or mccaffrey and i've still got plenty of salary to spend uh, for my final spots and DraftKings is like i said DraftKings is a little softer on the whole you probably are gonna end, need up end up needing one value play at at on on FanDuel um, that maybe you don't need on DraftKings and you know just to kind of put a bow on that is there anybody on like the super cheap we talked about Palmer we talked about Carter anybody else in terms of uh, super cheap wide receivers that you might be interested in sprinkling into some tournament builds maybe Marvin Jones uh, Jamal Agnew Um, that would be yeah, there's not a ton. It's, it's targets pretty, are relatively concentrated on these teams. so It's pretty ugly. And Marvin Jones at 23% owned is pretty ugly also. Um, I'd rather play DeAndre Carter at, at 6%. Um, Juwan Jennings at 9%. Uh, those are, you know, obviously those are just speculative, you know, touchdown hunting plays. But I'd rather not eat chalk with Marvin Jones Jr., All right. Uh, anything else you can think of? Just two games today. We've got three games tomorrow. Maybe be a little bit uh, uh, some more additional angles to talk about in that one. But don't be afraid to take a chance. You know, if you think the Seahawks can do some stuff through the air, uh, Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett pairing, uh, you know, Geno Smith, DK Metcalf pairing can certainly make a difference in, in GPPs. Maybe throw McCaffrey in those builds as well and hope the 49ers play with a lead. But kind of the general idea of how you want to build in this slate is to get some correlation, tell yourself a story of how you think the games will go, and then uh, build your correlation plays from there. So anything else for you? And, and, yeah, don't forget to like do like absolute onslaught stats also. It's like a good way of getting exposure to like the dominant team that a lot of people might not be willing to do. So it's a good way of getting different like in a large field GPP. Totally agree. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, enjoy the first day of the NFL playoffs. Everybody we will be back uh, with some pre-lock shows before the game start tonight. So you can check those out on our YouTube channel as well. And uh, I should look here before we get out of here, just to make sure uh, nobody 
posted any questions. Obviously, we're taping these pretty early with the early starts. So if anybody posted any questions in our YouTube chat. Um, all right. Steve Scott, thoughts on Cade Johnson as a punt? I don't think we really talked about him. Uh, he will. I mean, he's basically the third slash fourth receiver for the Seahawks. I mean, we have been projected for like one and a half points on FanDuel. I mean, I guess in like a 150 setting, maybe you could sprinkle them in, but I wouldn't get too heavy with that. And uh, some people have asked about Colby Parkinson as well. I mean, you know, he's more of a DK play for me at 2,500. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that makes the build work and he has been getting a few more targets. But again, if you think they're going to be behind and you want to do that, I, I don't hate that as a play. I'm more of a DK play for me though at 47 on a fan, 100 on FanDuel. I'd probably just yeah, that's, rather get that's that's a good call. I I don't I don't have too much of an issue with that. We haven't projected for for six points and only 10 percent ownership at 2500. So I think that that's that's a, a good play if you want fun. All right, uh, with that, thanks for watching everybody. And again, we'll be back with some pre-lock shows here before the games start. You can catch those on the YouTube channel here. Uh, and uh, leave us a thumbs up subscribe to the channel helps us uh, navigate those youtube algorithms and and keep the content relevant for all you guys so have a great weekend Uh, we'll be back at you later thanks to tim for joining me thanks to steve for producing behind the scenes as well i am justin we hope you all have a great weekend take care everyone